many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? Often on the show, I'll talk about things that are uplifting and inspiring. In this one, just taking a little bit different of an approach, more of an inspiring and motivating tone and story. To live life to its fullest, you have to live life first. And that means you have to survive. And sometimes we find ourselves at difficult crossroads. I found myself at many serious ones over the last 10 years within my own life and within the lives of some of the people that I encountered. And it was the difference between surviving and not surviving. And it was also the difference between surviving and winning. We have survived 100% of what we've been through in our lives. No matter how tired and beat down and broken that we get, no matter how close we feel like we are at the end of our rope, no matter how close we feel like we are being broken. And sometimes when we get to those levels, the betrayal that we feel from the universe, sometimes when we open our eyes and we get hit with the wall of anxiety as soon as we wake up and we ask why, why again today? We wake up with all of that responsibility all of that weight that was on our shoulders the day before that we were just praying was going to go away after maybe a good night's sleep, a good night's sleep that sometimes never comes. And we wake up again with that 10,000 pound rock on our shoulders. Did I just describe what you feel like or maybe what you felt like at one time in your life? It's because I was at that point too. I know how it feels. I woke up every day at one point, sometimes after two, three hours of sleep tops, staring at the ceiling all night because I was afraid to sleep for so many reasons. When we get into that mode, we just get into survival mode and that's it. And you know what? Sometimes that's all we've got. Survival is that primordial instinct to stay alive to experience the least amount of pain and discomfort that we can possibly feel. And sometimes that urge gets too great. 
that urge to make the pain go away becomes too great. And the urge to survive can subside for so many unfortunate people. But no matter how much you feel like you can't take any more, you can. I had this speech given to me at one point. I had lost so much and had so much damage done in my life. My train had gone so far off the tracks, it's not even funny. All of the plans that I had for my life, all the perfectly laid roads that I thought I had out in front of me were just completely gone. And I was left paralyzed by the pain, paralyzed by the fear of how much worse it was going to get. But there was something that flipped the switch inside of me, a couple of experiences that I'll share with you that I will never, ever forget. So since a young age, I have been huge into boxing. It was, it was really starting off as just a hobby when I was younger. It was, it was something I loved to do, but it became an obsession. I loved the challenge. I loved the metaphors and the storylines and everything that went along with it. I love what it, it had in comparisons to some of the tough times in our lives. But I never realized how much that sport was going to change my life and maybe save my life and when it mattered most. So when I was 29, I was definitely in the prime of my life physically, and I guess also for what I was, what I was trying to be. It, it was really my peak mentally as well for that type A combat driven kind of guy. It was really the peak condition of where you want to be if you're going to be a fighter, if you're going to be somebody who is that soldier type of mentality. I was ready to tear apart anything that got in front of me which I think ultimately led to the energy that led to both of my cancers, that root survival battle instinct energy, and I had too much of it. When the second cancer came at age 29, it hit me very hard, more psychologically than physically. Physically, I was able to get back on my feet and recover in about eight weeks. I was back in the gym, I was running again, but I couldn't really box anymore, and I was told that I never would again. Imagine that. Imagine your doctors saying that your ultimate passion is no longer an option for you. You're done. You're finished. You're, you're stupid if you even think about trying to do it again. Remember that line right there, though, because that one's going to come up again in a bit. Through the years following that event, those series of events, which, by the way, caused a huge amount of PTSD to fight through all of this, I had that as the added weight on my shoulders. All the little things that I went through that never really got through before started to get through. The armor had been damaged and it really started to break my spirit. I witnessed some pretty bad things. I witnessed a lot of people taking their lives while I was on the job. And after more than half a dozen, it started to really weigh on me. And I started to, to think about the incidents and the people more and more. The people who made the decision, the people who were left behind, like me. Here were two strangers that had never met each other, yet our lives were going to be intertwined forever because of a decision one person made. And I remember just wondering how bad 
it must have been for that person. And then I had the opportunity to talk to some of the people I was actually able to save. Some of the people that I was able to, to, to stop and rescue and, and get help for. And I heard about what they were going through. And I judged them. I said to myself, in my head, that's nothing. You're gonna, you're gonna end it all over that? Walk a mile in my shoes. This is this is this is not worth it. If there was ever anything worth it, you you haven't walked two steps in some of the shoes of the people that I've seen, or even my own. And of course, it's not a competition. That's the mindset of that guy back then. Everyone's level of perception is different. Everyone's tolerance level is different. My threshold, fortunately, just happened to be much higher. But then I started to question how much higher was it really? How many cases of cancer? How many suicides, car crashes, mental scars was it going to take before I felt like I had nothing left? Then there was one day when I was on my way to work and I drove my car past a guy that I used to work with. I saw his car sitting on the side of the road in a freezing cold January morning and I saw that his engine was still running. I saw the the exhaust coming out of the tailpipe. And he had a very conspicuous car. I knew it was him. And I thought, man, that's weird. Maybe I should stop. I wonder if he's broken down. But of course, he's not broken down. His car's running. He's probably just on the phone. Coming to find out later, he took his life right there on his way to work. And that was a huge struggle that I had to fight with. A huge struggle, the fact that I didn't stop. What if he watched me drive by? Because I had a conspicuous car too. What if he saw me going by? What if I could have stopped and saved him? Or even worse, what if I had stopped and it was even more of a of a traumatizing moment in my life because things went a different direction? But now it was real. Now it was a cop that I knew. A guy that I had many conversations with. A guy that I, I grew to know his story. I knew his personal life pretty well. A guy that didn't even really like me at first. And managed to end up developing a relationship with him. And now, this is the end. So again, I started to ask myself. When was it going to be my turn? When I felt like I was at the end of my rope. Was it possible? All these people who gave up far short of what I had already endured. Is this just how it happens? Eventually, we all have our breaking point. Those of us who are destined to, to just keep on having unfortunate circumstances come to us in our life. Because it seems like most of the people that I encountered at that point, this was the end result. And that's what flipped the switch for me. That flipped the first switch. It made me realize, no, this, this isn't anyone's destiny. It doesn't have to be. It made me realize that I was a survivor. That's one thing that defined me differently. I was going to keep taking the punches thrown at me by life. I was going to keep taking those hits time after time and keep coming back no matter what. 
And that's where my boxing came in. You see, when you're in the ring and you're fighting, the adrenaline kicks in in round one. You don't feel a thing. You're swinging, you're taking hits, you're giving hits. There's hardly any strategy at certain points. You just go at it. And when the guy lasts the round, he takes your best and you take his best and you're both burning through that first burst of adrenaline, now things get real. You have to settle in and realize that, number one, you've got to survive. That's your first thought. But eventually, if this thing goes on, you have to flip another switch from surviving to winning. Surviving is one thing, but winning is a whole separate thing. Survivors will sit there and take the pain again and again, endure what comes, and that's what we all do in life. We've done it all to this point. If you're listening to this, that's what you've done. No matter how many times we get knocked down, you don't stay down. It doesn't mean you don't get knocked down. It just means you continually get back up. But at a certain point, when the game gets higher, when the competition gets higher, the talent gets bigger, it takes more to survive. And then eventually it takes more than just surviving. It takes more than 80, 90, 100% of what you have. You need to find something extraordinary to get you through. A mindset needs to kick in and you need to find a way to win. I can think back to one of the most profound moments that I had in all of my years in boxing, maybe even one of the most profound moments of my entire life. So here I was, five years post-cancer, training like a madman, because all I had was those doctor's words in my head, you'll never fight again. You're stupid if you even try. I'm, I'm in the gym five or six days a week at that point. My speed, my power, my ring IQ, it was like I had a car in the garage and all I was doing every single day was just tinkering with it and making it more powerful, stronger, better, and maybe someday I was going to take it out of the garage. Everything was higher on the ratings than I had ever had at that point. I'm 35. I'm taking punches from decent fighters. I'm taking punches in my body where my surgeries were. And I'm not just holding up, I'm doing phenomenal. So I make the decision to get back in the ring. So the fight gets booked against many people's wishes, many people telling me that I'm crazy and they weren't lying. But I honestly could not let the words of that doctor echo in my head for the rest of my life. There's no way for the next 50, 60, 70 years I could let that person be right. Because basically they were defeating me. You'll never box again. I said, oh yeah, I'll prove you wrong. So I'm in the gym training one night and they brought in this big guy with arms like as long as telephone poles and, and I'm in there and of course, fighting when you're really fighting isn't like sparring. It's not like hitting a punching bag. It's not like just giving little love taps to a, a person doing a you know, full contact tango. It's training camp. You need to get hit. You need to get hit hard. You need to get conditioned to get hit by getting hit. So 
I find out a couple rounds into this match that my my condition is nowhere near as prime as I had thought it was coming in. At least it was nowhere near where I thought it should have been at this stage in the game. So I'm on the stool and everyone in the gym is watching me at this point because here I am, the old guy, 35, um, jumping back in the ring, the OG doing his thing and, and, and I can't breathe. My lungs are on fire. The burn is, is just deep and I'm ready to pass out between round two and three. And my man, Joe Leonard, my trainer at the time, one of the most influential people that I've had in my lifetime, one of the most inspirational people that I've ever had in my life. He's there telling me what I've got to do to get on this guy. He has no idea what's going on in my head. He said, you know, you got to, you got to use your head speed, you know, make a miss. You're good at that. Slip that left jab because he loves to stick that out there and measure you out with it. And when he does go for the body, go underneath it. And I barely heard a word that he said because I'm sitting there watching that clock on the wall tick down from 60 seconds the entire time thinking about how I'm going to pass out when that bell rings because I can't breathe. And that's the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about how I'm going to get in there and win this. I'm thinking about I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to make it. There's no way I'm going to be okay when that clock hits zero and the next round starts. If I go out there, this guy is going to knock me the F out. And at that point, I had never really been hurt. I'd never been in this position. So I tell Joe, Joe, I just, I just need a minute. I need an extra few seconds between the next rounds. I got to catch my breath. So he's in there not knowing what's going on in my head. And when I spill that out, he finally realizes what's going on in front of him. So he kind of stands up, nods his head, turns away from me. And while he's walking away in front of everybody, says, one of the most inspirational, gut-checking things I've ever heard anyone say, and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. And I don't think even to this day he realizes what impact this had for me in my lifetime. But he said, as he's walking away, that bell's going to ring in 15 seconds whether you're ready or not. It's up to you if you get off that stool. And he walked away. He dropped that on me. He dropped the mic and walked away, leaving me in that corner on that stool with the only person that could beat me. Me. So as that clock ticked down and the start of the round came, all I was thinking of was just shit. I have to get up now because he just said that in front of everyone. So I'm thinking of, of what he told me. You know, what was it that he said that entire time that I'm sitting there focusing on the burn that's going on in my lungs? What did he say? He said, get underneath that jab, give him a shot to the body. I need to do something to survive. So I'm like, that, that, that's all I've got. That's all I have in my mind. So I get in there and I know what my first move is going to be. I slip to my right, he throws the jab out. I see a huge open spot of the body and I just gave it as much of a shovel hook as I could. And it was enough of power to the body that it made him stagger back and almost dropped him. And he had to step back and take an eight count and take a minute to breathe. That was enough time for me to catch my composure. That's all I needed. I just needed a minute to catch my breath. And that move gave it to me. And I survived the, the round. I got my breather. I got, I got back on the winning side. I went from surviving to winning. But in those few moments, I went from a moment of giving up 
basically that's exactly what I was saying when I was on that stool and I said, I just need a few more minutes because life doesn't give you those pauses. That bell was going to ring just like life does. That bell was going to ring and life's going to just bring you those things just like that round is going to be over. And you can't just say, whoa, time out. It doesn't happen that way. So I had to find a way to get off that stool and survive. That's it. I just had to get off that stool and survive, but it was my decision. I could have decided to not get off the stool or I could get off the stool and survive or I could figure out some sort of way to get in there and actually win in a matter of a couple of split seconds went from giving up to surviving to winning. And yes, that moment was inspired by Joe, but it was ultimately my decision which direction I was going to go. And after that whole time frame, the days and weeks after that just completely changed my mindset on everything that approached my life and has changed every single reaction that I've had to life ever since. Every day that it gets hard, every challenge that's come up, I think back to that day. No matter how bad the pain is, no matter how bad the burn was of the day, of the week, of the month, whatever it was I was going through, I knew that I was going to be able to at least survive. But I knew there was no way I was going to survive if I chose not to get off the stool. So after that whole experience, I end up going on to win that comeback fight. It was a huge moment for me, a huge success for me. Um, fight was stopped in the first round, uh, it, you know, and it was... Um, it gave me so much of what I needed in life. It gave me some other things that uh, made me make the decision never to go back into the ring again after that as a fighter. Um, but it, it definitely taught me a whole lot about myself. So many things, so many valuable things. But going from that mode of not knowing if I was going to be able to carry on, or even if I could, or if I could for how long, just that, that metaphoric feeling that that whole experience in training brought to the rest of my life was just profound, to say the least. Then in that moment, I realized that I had no choice but to survive because I had been through so much already. All those people in the room had been there for weeks, months I mean, even years, this was something that was in the making for so many years that I was going to do, I was going to do, and you know, something would happen, something would pop up, I'd get hurt in the middle of training. But here I was, weeks away, and to give up on that at that point, to, to not get out of that stool was like letting everybody else in that room down. And I felt like that carried into so much other stuff in my life, that it carried into what that meant for everybody around me in my entire life that had helped me through every situation. It was, it was the same exact thing. It was, you weren't doing your life a justice by giving up at any point. You were letting all those people down that had helped you through your tough times. You're gonna make them feel like they didn't help you enough. All those people in that room, if I didn't get off that stool, 
we're going to say, man, I guess I should have trained with him a little bit more. I, I, I shouldn't have skipped that night. I could have helped him a little bit more. The same thing goes for your life. There's a lot of people there that are in your corner, whether you realize or not. There's a lot of people in your cheering section. I realized that that night of the fight. I had so many people in my cheering section, I didn't even realize it. When they announced me, I had the loudest contingent in the place. I'm at the Worcester Palladium on this stage. Actually, in this place where I watched Raw perform years before on the stage. Here I am on this stage in a professional boxing ring. And I've got all these people, some of the people who care about me the most in the world, up there watching me. And that's the way it always has been. And it's the same for most of us. You know, the laws of polarity and correspondence, the laws of the universe, the law of rhythm, all says that there has to be a swing to the right that matches the swing to the left. So all I had to do was just wait for my chance for the swing to go in my direction from surviving. And when that swing went my way, I was able to take it from surviving to winning. And most of us just need to wait for that time. But it, it will come. It always does. It's an immutable law. We just have to be patient enough to wait for it. The reason why this episode's coming up for me, the reason why this one is, is so powerful and deep to me and something that's near and dear to my heart, especially right now, why this one right now bubbled up. Obviously, 2020 has been hell for so many people. It's been so tough for so many people. Um, this one in particular, I've sort of found a whole new cause and a whole new purpose of, of things that I want to do in my in my life. I've, I'm always seeing things that interest me. I have to learn to say no a little bit more. But this one's huge because of the things that I've experienced in my life throughout my, my career. Um, this one back on October 10th of 2020 on 10-10, it was World Mental Health Day. And to commemorate that, I was fortunate enough to take part in a standout that took place on the French King Bridge in Western Massachusetts. Um, if you're not familiar with this place, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's this big, beautiful bridge that overlooks the Connecticut River. Uh, it's about 120 feet off of the, the water. And here in Western Mass, that time of year, the foliage is just absolutely amazing. If, if you can Google some pictures of that, I'm sure any pictures you see of the bridge are going to be around this time of year. It's it's. I don't think there's many views that are much better. Unfortunately, that bridge is also a place that a lot of people go to, to end their life. And the unfortunate part for me through the course of many years in law enforcement was um, I dealt with probably about a dozen incidents there on my own. So that bridge holds a lot of bad memories for me. And I always wondered, especially after the first many went by whether I was there when it happened or it was you know me showing up after it happened or if I was fortunate enough to get there and intervene and get the person some help and rescue them um it made me wonder what it was that brought them there and that moment in the ring finally helped me understand that and I think that's why that was so powerful and important to me because it, it took some time for me to realize that, that that experience was such a huge catalyst for so many different things in my life. And I took that metaphorically for what people might be going through at that moment. That's basically the same decision of not getting off the stool. It's, it's basically a giving in to the difficulties in life. I was giving into the difficulties of the moment and Luckily, I had 
an angel on my shoulder to to say the right thing at the right time to change my mind to have me adopt a different mindset nothing changed in that moment i didn't just magically get in better shape i didn't magically um you know get some sort of shot of adrenaline put into my backside that got me up off the stool no it was nothing but what happened inside but sometimes it takes that outside force to to light that fire and I know that many people aren't as fortunate as I am to have the people that I've had in my life guide me. Some of you may genuinely be alone. Some of you may not have that positive influence. Some of you may feel like you don't have a place to turn to. There's always someone to turn to. A complete stranger will stop to help somebody who's in their lowest moments. If you're having a tough time and you feel like you're absolutely alone, I will pick up the phone and call you. I will talk to you. I will instant message you. I mean, if you're one of those kinds of people um, and if there's something I can do to get you a bit more help, to help you change your mind, to help you in that moment and be that voice on your shoulder that just makes you last it a little bit longer, I'd be willing to do that. So many people are in this world. So many people are willing to do that for complete strangers. When you feel like you can't breathe, when you feel like you have nothing left to give, you need a breather, but life won't give you one. That bell's gonna ring in 15 seconds whether you're ready for it or not. When that moment comes up and you still have all that responsibility weighing down on your chest, all those memories, all the the storyline that you're towing along with you, all that weight, all that baggage, so much it's been done. You've survived it all. And I know so many people who have had some really rough roads, some tragic stories, some major mistakes that they've made in their lives. Mistakes that have cost people their lives. Mistakes that were something that they thought they would never get over. But they did. Because they chose to have a different narrative. They let. They did not let the trappings of the past define what their future was going to be. And you've survived everything up to this moment. If you hear my voice, you've survived it all. And you didn't do it for nothing. I said to myself, I didn't come as far as I did in the ring and in life, doing all that training for all those years just to let some doctor who in the end really didn't know what the hell he was talking about about a lot of stuff anyways, I wasn't going to let that guy limit me anymore. And obviously he was wrong about that as well. Told me I was stupid to do it. Told me that I was, you know, I'd never do it again. Well, look at me now. When I was left with the decision to survive or not, the choice was clear. And then from there, after I was sure I was going to survive, whether it was in the ring or other times, once I was able to just get onto my feet and survive, I knew the next step from right there was taking it from surviving to winning. We all have those internal voices that will guide us in one direction. When you're in that that survival mode, you're in the middle. And one voice can tell you to stay off your feet, stay on the stool. And the other one can tell you to get up and win. Always listen to the one that tells you to keep going. You know, use one more one more boxing analogy. You know, they say that you always have a puncher's chance. You could be losing the entire fight. You could be getting beat up as long as you can make it to the last round. If you can land that perfectly timed shot right on the chin of your opponent, 
you can drop them and it's over. That's all it takes. And your opportunity, that one shot could come tomorrow. All of your yesterdays before now could have been really tough. The day before yesterday was the same as it's been for months or years. And yesterday was another one of those hard days and today just followed it. It may seem like it's just one after another. But what if tomorrow is different? What if tomorrow's not different? What if the day after is the one though? You always have to ask yourself, what if that next day is the day that I land that lucky punch? And everything completely turns around. Everything that you thought couldn't happen to you, everything that you thought would never change, all the things that you maybe told yourself that you weren't good enough for, what if tomorrow is that day? And you'll never know unless you get there. So always have the choice to be here tomorrow. If you ever have that voice in your head that tells you, you can't go on or that you shouldn't go on, you have to constantly fight back against it. There is no substitute for professional help. There is no substitute for medications sometimes or doctors. I've sought them both. And I will sit here and I will poo-poo on the medical industry and I will say negative things about my doctor's experiences and I will say things about taking the more holistic route and not going down the road of pharmaceuticals and stuff. I went on both of those roads and I might not be here today without them. That's maybe what got me from that survival mode into that survival mode from the lesser side. But I didn't stay there. But it might just be sometimes what you need to make sure that you're going to survive. And then you can get back on your feet steady. You can catch your breath, give you those few moments so that you can formulate a winning strategy. And then you can get back out there and win. But whatever it takes, seek it out. If you or anyone you know is in one of those modes or you suspect that they're in those modes, be there for them. Find them resources. Make sure that they're here tomorrow. If you need help getting into that survival place from a place where you don't think you can, don't do it alone. And I will leave some resources for you that I'm aware of that I've come across in my path to seek out some additional help with things, some places that you can call and resources that you can get. I'm by no means a uh, professional in this. I'm, I'm certified as a whole bunch of different things, but I am not a social worker. And there are people whose jobs it is to help people out in these kinds of things. So seek them out. You or someone you know could benefit from that information. Check it out in the show notes. So I had mentioned earlier in the episode that on October 10th, we were out on the bridge. Um, that's because there is an effort going to put up some suicide prevention barriers on the bridge that will hopefully prevent or delay someone from making that choice. And it's a long standing project that keeps on hitting delays and cancellations and it's something that um, myself and actually the, there's a group on Facebook. I think it's called the French King Bridge Suicide Prevention Barrier Project. Um, even if you're not from the area, join the group. Um, just check it out. If you ever have any information related to some of these kinds of projects or you're an expert on this kind of thing, the group could definitely use any publicity and speed to further the cause. And the group's organizer, Stacy Hamill, 
um, her stepson had taken his life several years ago at this bridge and she is leading the charge to further this effort and get this project off the ground and um, trying to give her all of the, the potential support that I possibly can and trying to rally as much uh, cause and support for this as possible. This bridge um, has become a huge symbol in, in my life and many first responders who have been there, um, apparently in talking to some of the, the people who still work for the town that I used to work for, it's been it's been worse in the last couple of years than it's ever been. And I thought there was a few years where um, it was it was the worst it could ever be. And it's just it's gotten worse even to this date. So um, I know that that entire experience, all those experiences that I had there were life changing for me. And it took a lot of time to get over a lot of them. So, it, you know, it's not even just the loss of life that can happen there. It is the um, the the ripple effect afterwards of the people who respond and then the the others who are left behind afterwards. So trying to bring as much awareness to this entire project as possible and uh, gain some support so we can make some change there and uh, and hopefully save a life. Even if we save one, it's worth the entire effort. So um, if this sounds like something you want to follow, go ahead and check them out on Facebook. You can find the group. I'm sure I'll be talking more about this down the road. I'm, I'm sure this is going to start making some picking up some speed making sure that you get your mindset to the survivor's mindset. And once you're able to survive, flipping that switch from surviving to winning can make all of the difference in everything that you approach in your life as a challenge. Realizing that being here tomorrow is key to that and it can change in one day. Everything can change for the better in just one day. But you've got to be here tomorrow to make sure that you're there to experience that turnaround. Keep living.